Hey guys, hope everybody's doing well today. Uh, this is going to be a long one. Um, I'll do the best I can to cover what information I have, right? Uh, it's just one of those things. It's a good topic. And if I broke it up in two pieces, it'd be pretty short. But together, it's a lot of information. So, ooh, bear with me. Let's get to it, right? First of all, don't forget to hit that support button. Anything and everything that you feel led to contribute to this podcast is a blessing. And I am absolutely grateful for sure. Uh, returning listeners, you know, I got a lot of love for you. New guys, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Um, I hope I share something that's uh, educational, inspirational, and all of those kinds of things, right? Uh, and also, don't forget to hit that message button. Feel free to start a conversation, right? If you got questions or want more information, or if you've got some insight on the same topic, feel free to share it, right? I never profess to be the know-it-all spiritual guru on any one topic. I just go by my own life and lived experiences and also my professional experiences as an addictions counselor um, and mental health professional. I've worked as a um, recovery support specialist and trainer, right? Um, so those, you know, that's all I got to go on. Uh, in the mental health field, addictions treatment fields, off and on since 1991. So, and of course, I've created some of my own chaos. So there is that, right? So let's get started, right? Oof, what I'm talking about today is called attachment styles and they're pretty unsuspecting right attachment styles can be pretty unsuspecting characteristics um, that we all share right have you noticed repeating patterns in your life have you noticed repeating patterns in your love life right Many, uh, maybe you have never really thought through or analyzed your behavior in relationships. Still, you might have noticed repeating patterns in your love life. Have you wondered why? Wondered why you keep ending up in the same situations, even with different partners? Because it might not be the partners, right? Do you tend to get clingy or jealous? Or do you always seem to be more involved than your partner is? Maybe you want to be with someone, but as soon as things get emotionally intimate, you back off. Right? Are you the clingy one or the one that tends to back off and notice that it happens quite often. If you have noticed a pattern of unhealthy uh, and emotionally challenging behaviors in your love life, you might benefit from digging deep and exploring the way you attach to your people and in intimate relationships. Here is where knowing about attachment theory comes in handy, right? Your attachment style influences several things about you, even your sex life, and even 
casserole sex, right? But I'll get back to that topic in just a little bit. I want to first discuss how these unsuspecting characteristics can be eroding your relationship. You guys know I love the word erosion. And I use it quite often in these podcasts. And I love to link the process to how slowly relationships can break down. So let's check this attachments. Let's check these attachment styles uh, and see what they're about and what they influence in your relationship, right? What is attachment theory? Well, attachment theory has a long history and has been used as a basis for continuous research. The first step is to get acquainted with the basics and understand the different attachment styles. Mm. That's always the hard part, right? According to psychiatrist and psychoanalyst John Bowlby, I guess that's how you pronounce his name, one's relationship with their parents during childhood has an overarching influence on their social, intimate relationships and even relationships at work. In the future, right, they'll have they'll have the impact on what this looks like. So it could begin at childhood. All right. It can begin at childhood. Let's see here. Your attachment style influences several things about you, even your sex life and even casual sex. But like I said, we'll get back to that. And just a little bit later, these attachment styles can begin at an early age. Attachment theory has a long history and has been used as a basis for continuous research. The first step is to get acquainted with the basics, right? And understand the difference in these styles. Again, making sure we're on the same page, right? So all of these things are um, have been discussed by this John uh, Bolby. Um, so this stuff can affect your future, right? Your early relationships with your caregivers sets the stage for how you will build relationships as an adult. So what are those four adult attachment styles called? There's anxious attachment style, also referred to as preoccupied. Avoidant, also referred to as dismissive. Disorganized attachment style, also referred to as fearful avoidant. And then the last one is secure, right? So let's look at those. Anxious or preoccupied attachment styles. For adults, when an anxious attachment style, the parent is often the better half, right? That's when they're older. The thought of living without the partner or being alone in general causes high levels of anxiety. People with this type of attachment style typically have a negative self-image while having a positive view of others, right? The anxious adult often sinks 
seeks approval, seeks support, and responsiveness from their partner, right? Looking for that sort of engaging responsiveness from their partner. People with this attachment style value their relationships highly, but are often anxious and worried that their loved one is not as invested in the relationship as they are. A strong fear of abandonment is present and safety is a priority. The attention, care, and responsiveness of the partner appears to be the remedy for this attachment style, right? The anxious attachment style. On the other hand, the absence of support and intimacy can lead to the anxious, preoccupied type to become more clingy and demanding, preoccupied with the relationship and desperate for love. So there we go. That's a description of what the anxious or preoccupied attachment style can look like, right? So let's take a look at the avoidant or dismissive attachment style. The, dis, uh, the dismissing or avoidant type would often perceive themselves as lone wolves, strong, independent, and self-sufficient, not necessarily in terms of physical contact, but rather on an emotional level. These people have high self-esteem and a positive view of themselves. The dismissive or avoidant type tend to believe that they do have to be in a relationship to feel complete. They do not have or do not want, um, let's see, uh, they do not have to be in a relationship to feel complete. They do not have to depend on others, right? Don't have to depend on others, have others depend on them, or seek support and approval in social bonds, right? So I guess for those guys, it's kind of nice to have or feel, um, but not necessarily a must, right? That's kind of what I get out of it as I read through it right? But it's okay. This one seems to be okay. But then I have to ask, why do they call it avoidant or dismissive, right? I think it's because since they don't feel the need to have to have a relationship, maybe they present a take it or leave it sort of persona when they're in the relationship that could be. Maybe that's a possibility. But keep in mind that I'm discussing these issues, okay, because I do believe that they can influence our mental health and reasons or triggers for substance abuse or addiction, right? That's sort of the main thing about this particular podcast. I haven't talked specifically about addiction issues in a while. You know, there's so many other things that that um, I think influence that or are influenced by 
addiction issues or mental health issues, right? There's all these, oh man, you talk about, I don't like onions, but I'll use it in this scenario. Layers, layers. There's so many layers, right? So if you're the anxious person and you're not getting your needs met, spiritually or emotionally speaking from your partner, right? Very often I'm guessing that sometimes those type of people, those types of people with that attachment style could turn to substance abuse or their mental health status could take a hit, right? Um, it's, it's, it's amazing to me. I can't even begin to put it all together in one podcast, how all of these things are intertwined, all intertwined, right? So you got to be mindful of that stuff. Adults with these attachment styles generally avoid emotional closeness, right? So there's part of the answer when we're talking about avoidant or dismissive attachment style. Adults, again, adults with this attachment style generally avoid emotional closeness. They also tend to hide or suppress their feelings when faced with a potentially emotion dense situation. So, yeah, as things start to crank up, as I said, and things like they're getting closer, they figure out a way to uh, detach, right? And then there's the next one, disorganized attachment style, also known as fearful avoidant. The disorganized type tends to show unstable and ambiguous behaviors in their social bonds. For adults with this style of attachment, the partner and the relationship themselves are often the source of both desire and fear. Fearful avoidant people do want intimacy and closeness, but at the same time experience trouble trusting and depending on others, right? And that totally, totally makes sense for what I was describing. It's just one of those things that people, I guess, like it says, Fear, they're fearful, right? And I, I understand that. So again, it says um, they do want intimacy and closeness, but at the same time, experience troubles, trusting and depending on others. They do not regulate their emotions well and avoid strong emotional attachment due to their fear of getting hurt. Oh, that makes so much sense. There again, if these people are put in a position where they feel like they've been hurt, or betrayed in some way, does their mental health take a hit, right? Does it begin to manifest depression? Or is it a relapse trigger to be in a relationship where you feel either abandoned, you know, uh, uh, or betrayed or hurt in some way, right? So a, when you're talking about recovery, oh my gosh, that's the other side of this coin. Even recovery has many, many layers and pathways. Some people wouldn't even recognize that this underlying issue could be triggering. Whoever talks about disorganized or fearful avoidant attachment style in a regular conversation, right? 
Who does that? Nobody. I don't feel like anybody. I've never had a regular conversation about this sort of topic. It's the strangest thing to talk about. But also, it would probably make you feel a little vulnerable, right? And then here's the last one. Secure attachment. The three attachment styles covered so far are insecure attachment styles. They are criticized by difficulties or they are characterized by difficulties with cultivating and maintaining healthy relationships. In contrast, the secure attachment style implies that a person is comfortable expressing emotions openly. Adults with a secure attachment style can depend on their partners and in turn let their partners rely on them. Well, that really sounds like my wife and I, right? We really, you know, we shout out to each other throughout the day because she's running around, um, you know, with what she does for a living. And I really don't feel any need to be probing all the time, right? I'm not that guy that texts every 30 minutes, what you doing? Where you at? Who you talking to? Right? We have our space and we respect each other's space. So this one, secure attachment style, I think fits us. So anyway, relationships are based on honesty, tolerance, and emotional closeness. The secure attachment type thrive in their relationships, but also don't fear being on their own. Yeah, that does fit both of us. They do not depend on the responsiveness or approval of their partners and tend to have a positive view of themselves and others. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's us. Although if we did, um, if something happened where she left me and my wife, that would, that would, that would be a pretty good blow. Um, because I feel like there's nothing that could separate us, right? Because I feel like there's nothing that can separate us through prayer and through God's guidance. You know, I'm a faith guy. I got to bring that up from time to time because that's what my wife and I lean on, our faith, right? We lean on our faith in God and we lean on the strength of our marriage, right? And I think that all of those things that we've gone through in life, even up to this point, have done nothing but make us stronger, it's all made us stronger. And there's nothing wrong with going through things, right? But it's kind of how much are you going to let it influence the decisions you make for the rest of your relationship life, right? We don't listen to gossip. Plus, we pretty much hang around people who are like us. There's next to no gossip, right? We hang out with our church family. we got a couple of uh, really close friends, and then we have our parents and our kids that we try to see from time to time because, you know, a couple of them live out of town, um, and that's okay. That's okay. But I think that if you can build on the strength of your relationship, you can get to a point where you have more of a secure attachment style um, with each other, and it just makes it healthy. So anyway, let's keep going on this uh, on this topic. 
because really I think this type of topic, these these sort of characteristics, again, like I said a minute ago, they're not ones that are typically discussed, right? Everybody talks about their depression, their anger issues, their own anxiety, right? Maybe they do openly discuss their addiction issues. But these, this, this is sort of another hidden gem. Well, I don't know if I'd call it a gem, because gem, gems are usually good things, right? When people say it's a hidden gem, they're talking about it being a good thing. I don't know that these attachment styles are necessarily a good thing. Maybe the secure attachment style, right, is a, a healthy one, but the other three can really cause some other issues, right? And other issues that people do talk about, the depression, the mental health, the anger issues, the addiction issues, right? But they don't ever really see this underlying turbulence, right? The turbulence that these attachment styles can cause that manifest the other things, right? If you're feeling one of these negative ones, Sure, it stirs up some emotion, but all you really notice is the emotion. Like, I feel down and sad today. My significant other hasn't called. They don't show me the same attention, right? Twice now I've said I love you, and they haven't said it back. Um, they're always on the phone. All those kinds of things that you notice that stir up feelings and emotions, which, could, like I mentioned, could sometimes be jealousy, but you don't realize that the next tier or level of it could be one of these attachment styles, right? It's so unbelievable how many layers there can be in trying to navigate a relationship, right? Attachment styles play a role in the way we approach and experience a lot of things in our life, right? A lot of things in our lives. So I'm going to touch on some of the sexual relational experiences. Attachment styles play a role in the way we approach and experience sex. While secure attachment is associated with a fulfilled sex life, insecure attachment styles, right? We're talking about anxious, preoccupied, or dismissive, avoidant, and disorganized as being the negative ones, right? They've been linked to less satisfaction. Attachment styles form during early childhood and stick with us through adolescence and adulthood. They affect the way we perceive ourselves as individuals, right? As well as the way we view social bonds in general. Okay. That's good stuff, right? Good stuff. Our attachment Patterns predict, to a large extent, the way we approach and act in relationships. Okay, so now, here's another layer, right? Here's another layer. If your attachment style can manifest certain behaviors and how you approach a relationship, right? And now we're adding another tier when it comes to your sexual relationship, right? Because sometimes people, 
I don't know. There's all this judgment in the world, right? Whether he was good, she was good. Does he measure up? Does she like to have fun? Do they not like to have fun? Hopefully they're thinking about me while we're having sex. Hopefully this and hopefully that, right? And a lot of that comes from insecurities that come from these other attachment styles, right? So, and since sex is a central and important part of intimate relationships, it would be logical to expect that attachment styles affect us in the bedroom, right? So now we've gone from a general relationship with a partner to even friends, how you interact with friends, right? If you don't feel like they're trustworthy or they are trustworthy, do they pay as much attention to you as they do the other friends and yada, 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 right? So here we are. Our attachment patterns predict to a large extent the way we approach and act in relationships. And since sex is a central and important part of intimate relationships, it would be logical I'm having to repeat this because it's just good stuff. It would be illogical to expect that attachment styles affect us in the bedroom too. Mm. Mm. Uh, for new, if I got new listeners listening, when I go, mm, uh, what I'm hearing is, um, or thinking is, how well that would preach. <laughs> like in a sermon or something. Boy, that'll preach. Right? So here we go. Anxious attachment style with these type of people, right? Uses sex for approval, falls in love easily, and generally mistrusts their partner. Oh my gosh. So someone with this attachment style uses sex for approval, falls in love easily, yet still mistrusts their partner. I don't know how more internally chaotic that could feel. I couldn't imagine feeling that inside myself, right? That's, that's a lot of turmoil that someone is feeling. They need sexual relations for approval, fall in love easily, and generally mistrust their partners. Wow. The anxious, preoccupied attachment style is generally characterized by excessive worry, about how one is perceived by others. Therefore, anxious, right? Therefore, anxious. Again, uh, the anxious attachment style is generally characterized by excessive worry about how one is perceived by others. You worry about how people think about you, right? And my extreme desire for proximity, connection. You worry about how people feel or think about you, but you're also worried about being close, connected, and how you might merge with attachment figure or in a, you know your significant other, therefore become preoccupied. What's going to make this relationship work? What's going to make it better? Am I even sure that they like me? Right? I mean, oh my gosh, you desire the connection, but you're afraid of it too. 
People with this attachment style often become obsessive and emotionally labile in their intimate relationships due to strong fear of rejection. Even the most insignificant sign of unavailability from their partner might lead to extreme jealousy and demonstrations of anger and distrust. I know that you people have seen that in action, right? The first time your significant other goes in for a kiss and it's an in, a, in an inappropriate scenario, right? And you either turn the cheek or maybe a slight shove or push, right? That can turn into something for somebody with this particular attachment style, right? Again, they're emotionally labile in their intimate relationships due to strong fear of rejection. So however minimal you might perceive the action, right? Guys, if this is you, yes, your girlfriends, wives, significant other people can be too tired at 11 o'clock at night to even think about having sex. So just because she says not tonight doesn't mean that it <laughs> doesn't mean that you have to do this. Become extremely jealous or, demonstra or demonstrate any anger or distrust. Right? Sometimes people are tired for real. Right? Anxiously attached people also tend to feel underappreciated. Mm or misunderstood by their lovers, or generally unsatisfied with the way they are being loved. Oh my gosh, I'm telling you, there are so many layers to this, right? So many layers to this. You wouldn't really know that someone behaves the way they behave because they have this anxious or preoccupied attachment style, right? That is the foundation for the insecurities, the depression, the anxiety, right? The mistrust. Mm. Now, avoidant attachment style. List this person, the person with this sort of attachment style is less likely to fall in love and more likely to engage in casual sex. Adults with an avoidant, avoidant attachment style typically have a deactivated attachment system. Avoidant individuals do not seek proximity or intimacy. They can take it or leave it. Avoid the display of emotions and appear distant and cold. This could be someone who just has an issue with letting people in too close. Right? Maybe they've been burned. I mean, like we talked about earlier, this could go back as far as childhood. 
maybe they've been burned by people who perceivably were in positions to be the loving person, whether it was a parent or brother, sister, aunt, uncle, I don't know. But if they've been burned by someone who's in that position, the one that was supposed to be the loving family member or friend, I could see how this avoidant attachment style could manifest itself later in life. Right? Could manifest itself later later in life. So look, if your significant other is one of those people that you always kind of have this weird sort of unexplainable detachment to, right? It's like, I don't know what it is. Sometimes they're into it. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes we're together and feel close. Sometimes we don't. It could be because of this particular type of attachment style, right? And there's a whole lot more on these topics than I could ever go over in one podcast. So please look this stuff up, right? Look this stuff up. You can probably find a YouTube video. YouTube has everything. And just Google attachment styles or whatever, something like that. I'm not sure what the keywords would be. Um, But I'm sure there's going to be somebody that's a doctor or therapist type that's going to explain these in more detail. It's a very interesting topic. Just another layer that we have to break through, right? You thought you just had to get through their depression. You thought you just had to get through their addiction issues. But here's another layer, right? People who have this attachment style are less likely to fall in love. Mm. And they don't seem to believe in happy, happily ever after. They fear intimacy and tend to be less involved in relationships. And again, I'm still talking about that avoidant attachment style. Their relationships are often unsatisfying, which they contribute to uh, by engaging and relational destructive behaviors, right? They do it themselves. And sometimes, I wonder if that's not on a more subconscious level. Maybe they sabotage their relationships when they start to feel this getting a little too intimate or close for their liking, right? And they do relational destructive behavior. It's very possible. Very possible, right? Look it up. Now the last one, disorganized attachment. This person feels unworthy of love, pursues casual sex, and more likely to have a sex addiction. People with a a disorganized attachment style also refer to as also referred to as a fearful avoidant attachment style, tend to score high in both anxiety and avoidance. For this reason, the characteristics of the disorganized attachment style are a blend of the anxious and preoccupied and avoidant dismissive styles. It's a blend of both of those. Disorganized individuals tend to swing between anxiety and avoidance-driven behaviors, which creates 
an overall unstable and unpredictable behavioral pattern. Mm. Right? Mental health issues. If you have this same kind of thing going on, maybe you stop taking your medications. If you have addictions issues, maybe this particular relationship um, is stressing you out and then it's a trigger. Right? Don't know. Don't know. Just throwing some things out there um, to sort of show you the many layers uh, of people. The same tendency is likely to apply to these individuals' sexual interactions. For example, they might exhibit extreme passion and love for someone and then shut down their attachment systems during lovemaking due to fear of intimacy. Wow. During lovemaking, they won't wait till it's done. Right in the middle of it, they can become emotionally detached. Wow. Similar to the anxious group, disorganized adults see themselves in a negative light, have low self-esteem, and believe that they are not worthy of love. That I could see why there then. Right? If they're feeling loved one minute and then decide they're not worthy of it, I could see a, a mood change, sure. They have difficulties trusting and relying on their lovers, and therefore they often pursue emotion-free, casual sex. Seeking emotionless sex, on the other hand, is linked to higher likelihood of sex addiction. So there's another layer. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Just a reminder, guys, again, I'm discussing these issues because I do believe that they can influence our mental health and reasons for or triggers for substance abuse or addiction, right? All of these things can go hand in hand. And I'm willing to bet that most of my listeners have not heard of those different attachment styles and how they influence Right, how they influence your mood, your behaviors, they influence your decision making, right, which then influences your mental health or, or reasons for drinking and drugging. Or, you know, when you're looking at trying to gain some recovery in your life, there are so many things that you have to figure out about yourself, right? You have to figure some things out about yourself. It's not like Okay, I'm somebody dealing with mental health issues. I'll just get on medications and that'll be the end-all, fix-all. It doesn't work that way, right? You have to go through some classes and maybe get a mentor or somebody that can help you identify the things that would be triggering for added mental health issues or triggering for substance abuse or addiction, right? You can't just stop. With addiction treatment too, stopping is not enough. You got to learn all the little intertwined attachment style, mental health, behavioral, relational triggers that you might have so that you can gain some insight on what those are, right? What triggers your anger? What does your anger protect you from? Is it related to one of these attachment styles? More than likely, right? More than likely. And at first, you're just talking about your anger issues, and you're going, okay, I got to do something about my anger issues. 
but maybe it's a little more deep-seated than that. And it's related to an attachment style, right? Which is related to your childhood. Mm. Well, we're going way back now, right? Way back now. Ooh, sorry, guys, I'm rambling. This is one of my favorite topics, as you know what I'm talking about. Finding a way to gain some recovery, some recovery time, right? Learn to figure out what recovery pathway would be best for you so that we can learn how to get out of the mess, right? Learn how to get out of the mess. Recovery is really, really good for every individual, but it's also good for the whole family. Do you treat the whole family like this? Is your addiction or mental health issues causing some chaos for the whole family, right? Let's work on everybody getting some recovery. Sound good? Appreciate you guys. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, I will see ya.